Welcome to episode 15 of Crave the Book. In today's episode, we're going to be covering chapters 48 through 50 of Tracy Wolf's Crave series. And in these chapters, we get a little bit more of Grace's and Jackson's relationship or their blooming relationship, I guess I should say. And we get to hear a little bit more about Jackson's backstory and Hudson, his brother. So without further ado, guys, let's go ahead and get started. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 15 of Crave the Book. Last week, we covered Guide to Catmere Academy, so that episode was a little off topic from our normal episodes. But today, we are back on schedule, and we're going to be covering chapters 48 through 50 of Tracy Wolf's Crave. So a lot went on through these episodes. Really, really excited to cover some things. A little bit of spoiler topics, mainly just... uh me and Amber kind of swooning over future characters. So we'll try to keep those uh, contained. Hopefully we can not, you know, tremble too far into our spoilers. But speaking of those, Amber, do you want to let them know what sound our new listeners should maybe be looking out for uh, in the event that they haven't finished the series yet? Yes. So if you have not finished the series and you do not want any spoilers to grace your ears, see what I did there? Um, <laughs> you want to be listening out for the sound of a chicken. And once you hear the sound of chicken, you want to turn it off. <laughs> it's not a chicken, guys. It is, of course, the wolf howl. Ooh. Oh, Um, And once you hear that noise, that means that we have moved on from the chapters that we cover this week. And we are moving into spoiler territory where we'll be talking about fan theories and just our overall fangirling over characters we have not met yet. I mean, we've kind of met him. Everybody should know his name by now. (laughs) Damien. Damien. (laughs) Uh, the crab. All right, guys. The were crab. The were chicken. <laughs> so, um, guys, our goal for the podcast, we're pretty much at the end of Crave. Um, we're we're hitting that final, you know, few chapters. So our hope is to start reading Crush in the new year. Um, so you guys can look forward to that if you've been holding out or kind of, you know, been just really really waiting for us to hit crush because i mean to be honest i and i think amber agrees crave is probably our least favorite book of the series (laughs) crush crush is my favorite of the books covet has some of my favorite scenes though as a whole i think that crush was like my favorite yeah i think that just mentally i connected with it a lot more i laughed a lot more covet was very stressful and you know very exciting so yeah and we don't even know what's going to be in court yet so also every time so i i have finally pre-ordered court (laughs) i know this sounds bad but i finally pre-ordered it now that i've sorted out my bookshelves and i know that i want to i've got space um and for some reason cover is called crown everywhere is that just what? For like translation reasons, like covert couldn't be translated, so therefore they went with the word crown. I don't know. But yeah, my husband ordered it for me for my Christmas present. <laughs> and he's like, court, you mean? No, 
he ordered crown for my Christmas present. <laughs> and oh. he was like, wait, isn't crown crown's never been mentioned and i was like crown i don't want crown <laughs> turns out it was covered I, does anybody maybe it's is anybody else it, had that maybe it's crayon like cranberry like color, a, no like a crayon crown crown a crown a like you color with a crayon <laughs> <laughs> we've been taking the mickey out of both of each other's accents for the last three Cran- weeks crayon crayon <laughs> All right, guys, let's go ahead and jump in because we we started the chapters. Um, there there was quite a, a hangover in between where we stopped recording and started recording Guide to Catmere Academy. And now we're back in action with Jackson sinking his teeth into Grace's neck. Um, <laughs> I also read a few books in between as well. So I was a bit out of the loop. I read. Yeah. Um, I read. What did I read? I read. Um. Throne of Glass. Throne of Glass. And I also read um, A Touch of Darkness and A Touch of Ruin, which are like Hades and Persephone's kind of fan fiction kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I was like, I was like, who are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> um, and it, it was really nice to go back to characters that were like simple. I know that sounds really mean, um, but I think that Throne of Glass, the, the main character, was is quite complex um straight off the bat so it was really nice to just go back to little simple grace and simple emo jackson little grace she doesn't she doesn't know yet she's still she's still just finding out about her world her mind hasn't really uh fully ascended yet into full oh my god the world is ending grace um and and all she cares about in these chapters is the fact that jackson is biting her yeah, it's this. This is the only like that, and it's really just the beginning of it. Uh, this is the only scene where I'm just like, oh, you know, I kind of like Jackson. I like him for about mm, the first two pages of these chapters, <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, we get it. Swoon over Jackson. He's so broody. <laughs> it's. I was getting I, more frustrated with Grace. Grace is a mood killer. Yeah, she's she's making out with him, and then she's like, "So what about your brother?" She's like, <laughs> like she's proper edging him, like, <laughs> <laughs> but like not in a good way, not in a like delayed gratification way. In a, I'll tease you to the edge, and then I will mention something so unsexy that you have to stop for like twenty minutes, get a breather, and then we'll go back to it later. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's tell some goofy jokes right in the heat of the moment yeah and see it's what like happens. oh like i feel i feel really bad for jackson and n- <laughs> not that like he he deserves some and he didn't get some it, it, it's just in a way that he doesn't know whether she's, she's hot then cold and i think that that would just be really confusing to me it's 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 some mixed signals there. I, but then I it think was, when, but this is this is her first experience of it as well, isn't it? So maybe she was not really sure what to do or how to be sexy <laughs> or how far to go. Like where do you stop? Like especially when you're a teenager, like you know where you how far you want to go, but what's the acceptable distance to go? I, I think that. It's it's a matter of self-control on both parties because once you start slipping down that slope, it's like, oh, do we want to slip all the way 
Or do we want to do the, you know, what some would consider the right thing and kind of prolong it a little bit and enjoy the ride a little bit more? And really, I would say just as an adult looking back, there really is no right or wrong there if you're being safe. Um, It just kind of depends on how you personally connect with another person. I would say that if you find yourself uh, able to grow emotional attachments to people that you connect with, um, prolonging things is probably the better way to go simply because you don't want to form instant attachment to someone who isn't the one, even if you believe early on that they are. It just, you guys probably understand how quickly relationships can change where you think that someone is the one and then they're not. And you don't want to give everything to them if you're the type who grows that attachment very, very fast and from physical connections. Uh, But some people just aren't like that. Physical and emotional are two completely separate entities and you can have them both and keep them separate and not really care. So it just depends on what type of person you are. Neither is unhealthy. It's just making sure that you don't end up in an unhealthy place, um, which yeah. Grace is – I I would say that Grace, the way that she's speaking, it is borderline unhealthy, just just a little <laughs> bit. She's going a, she's moving a little fast. Um I think that that's that that comes from an experience is that you it's not that you just you don't know how to stop it's also you don't know how to wind down you don't you don't know how to slowly move away from it and bring the session to an end so I don't I don't know whether you noticed but when reading through that scene it was either she was interrupted by her phone or the door or a sudden thought that made her like oh I realize that I need to ask him before we continue. I need to ask him this question because he deserves that. I'm not really sure what that means. Um, but Jackson was always the one to pull away. Yeah. Um, uh, or they, they were interrupted. And that was because of her inexperience. She didn't quite know how to stop. Um, and and that's that's something that I experienced as a teenager as well. It was like, I, like I'm kind of bored of kissing now or I'm kind of bored of shopping now. I don't know the social cues enough to say, can we move on to something different? And I mean, Starla, she saw me for the last two weeks. She realizes how bored I get with activities and how much I want to move on from things very <laughs> fast. Um, and it's, it's like a it's like an ADHD kind of thing is that I just know that I want to move on from every task. I, I don't like to sit and do one task for so long. And um, I felt like Grace was very content to just stay there and make out for an in- entire hour. And it it never got any more intense. Um, I don't, did, did you ever have those kind of relationships where you were perfectly content to just kiss for an no. hour? No. <laughs> Me neither. No, no. That's, I mean, sure, that might have been what was happening, but in my mind, I'm like, do something else. Do something yeah, else. Yeah, like, it's, do and, something else. And it's, and it's not like necessarily like getting sexually more um, into it, but it, it would be like a, I would look at the clock and go, I got, I got stuff to do. Um, I don't want to spend an hour doing this. Um, can we, we can we can we go like maybe change location um <laughs> go for a walk um it's like it's like dancing you can't just if you're dancing with someone and then they dip you down and swing you back up but then they dip you down and swing you back yeah. up and they just do that motion over it's again it's just repetitive 
Yeah, um, it might have been fun the first time, but after they've done it like 10 times, you're like, okay, can we like, can we like shimmy over to the left, shimmy to the right, do something else? Yeah. Twirl and, me? And, and, I, and I like, I know that your lips start to get like sore and puffy from yeah. kissing so much. It's not pleasant. That's um, funny. In in the book that um in the book that I'm writing, that's like one of the big things that I went once uh, my characters Vivian and Dane start getting physical. That's like one of the descriptors I use is like kiss swollen lips, because once you hit that point where you're like smooching all the time, you do start getting mm -hmm. those. And you you like because I, I remember being a teenager and having a very heavy makeout session, which I was very bored with. But I did it for my my partner at the time and I came downstairs and my parents had known immediately what I had been doing. And I thought that that was just them making assumptions about me being a randy teenager. But then I saw myself in the mirror and like I looked like I had a cold sore all the way around my mouth because of the, like the suction for like an hour. It was it was gross. It, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, those memories will stay with you for, <laughs> forever. Especially, especially when when you're older and the guy's like stubbly and you start yeah, getting like that, rash. that stubble burn. Yeah. Um, so I had a couple favorite lines in these chapters that I had to. I just like laughed, and my husband would look over at me, and I would just shake my head because I was I was laughing so hard. My favorite one though was. Uh, Grace just says, he gives it to me. And I'm just thinking, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, wasn't she wasn't specific about the line at all. She just goes, he gives it to me. Um, yeah. And then uh, another thing that we finally get to hear a little bit more about are these earthquakes that have been occurring literally since Grace has arrived at the school. Seems like every time something you know, crazy happens or she's in an unsafe situation, the earth starts to shake. And we find out that it is Jackson. And he kind of goes on this big rampage of, you know, just talking about how he's the most powerful damn thing in the world, yada, yada, yada. And, you know, I just, I'm reading it thinking, mm, doubt. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, maybe we'll save that for for spoiler section. I, I mean, I put, I put like he said like oh, no one is as powerful as me, and then it, he literally follows it like the next page by describing his brother's superpower, and it's the most terrifying superpower ever. Like it's like the ability to influence anybody to do anything, whether it's their free will or not. He can literally command them to do something. He can control them. Versus, tell them to kill themselves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ver tell them to kill somebody else and then kill them. Like anything. He could tell them to do anything versus I can make things float. <laughs> I can make everything go floaty. Yeah. <laughs> or I can make the, the ground go shaky. I make ground go shaky. Uh, his earthquake hornies. Um, it just it just feels a bit self-centered to me. And I, and I know that, that when you are... A teenager, your world is your is the only one that you understand. You're not very capable of empathy to the degree where you think that you could not be the most powerful person. But yeah, he he was like, yeah, I'm I'm the most powerful. No one is as powerful as me, and he can't even imagine saying, "Oh, Hudson was way more powerful. I just defeated him through sheer luck." 
Maybe he means up. Maybe he means now that Hudson is gone, he's he is now the most powerful. He is the chosen one now. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Um. So another another line that made me laugh was uh, Grace saying that he was sucking on my lip until it feels like Fourth of July, and I'm just thinking That's to pins myself, and needles, Ah, love. yes. Huh? That's pins and needles. What? <laughs> Fourth of July and your lips. I'm pretty sure that's pins and needles. Your, your lips have gone numb because you won't stop macking out on each other. <laughs> I said just just what our founding fathers had envisioned when, you know, on the Fourth <laughs> of July uh, of emo vampire boy and Grace making out what what would be the british equivalent to that sucking on my lip until it feels like fourth of july what what would your equivalent be bonfire night or firework night or new year's eve probably sucking Uh, on my lip until it feels like new year's eve that no that doesn't have i think bonfire night but then that just sounds like she's got a rash (laughs) sounds itchy yeah I don't like that. Sounds like she's got to check the uh, the pile for hedgehogs just in case. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Jackson, uh, when when Grace goes into his little reading alcove, which it says alcove, I always picture this as like or like a common room, maybe like a walk-in closet size. Yeah, you know, like, when it's like, oh, I, I have a closet, and then you're like, this is a room. Uh, yeah, I envision it like Harry Potter common rooms. Like, I not huge, but there's a couch, a coffee table. The thing is, it's like, just his. It never ever alludes to anybody else having a room that stems off from it. Um, and then Hudson obviously has his room that they like. Why do they have such it. big rooms? Yeah, and I'm like, maybe it's because he's a prince. Yeah, he, I mean, I wonder like, if. Flint has a big room. Yeah, because Grace's and and uh, Macy's room isn't huge. They have like a single room that has the fridge and the TV and everything all in. Like it's like a little studio flat with the bed, the bathroom attached. Whereas Jackson seems to have like a suite. Does he have like the penthouse? Maybe. Well, he's in the tower. Maybe it's like his parents insisted or something. Yeah. Like yeah. no, my son will not the be chosen it could one. Look yeah, it could look weak on the rest of the vampires to, you know, maybe they need to keep, like, the princes at the top. And I'm assuming if it's actually a castle, there's more than one tower. So it would make sense for, like, children of the royal families to have their own spe- special areas. I mean, Hudson had, like, the basement, but it still sounded big. Sounds something weird about the idea of a werewolf king. The werewolf king? The alpha! Yeah, but Which that they, sounds weird. Like you would you wouldn't imagine that they would have like a royal family like that because they work in packs. Yeah, we haven't really heard anything about a wolf court, have we? No. We, we've um, got vampire court, we've got witch's court, we've got gargoyle court, and we have dragon court, but we have not heard a single thing about a wolf court. I'm excited. Hmm. I hope we get some some more of this in uh court crown (laughs) crown (laughs) um so jackson's little reading alcove is a mess grace is really upset apparently about the coffee table for some reason i don't i don't don't even remember the coffee table 
Yeah, she was like, oh, I really like this coffee table. He's like, I'll get a better one. Like, okay, rich boy, calm down. Yeah, um, buy a coffee table based on the girl that you met not a week ago. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Maybe he'll 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 carve it with his mind. <laughs> yeah. Um, Maybe that's his like that's an engagement present. It's like he's going to propose a coffee, with a coffee table. table. <laughs> he he floats it out of a box. <laughs> See, I'm I'm like almost 30, so to me, if I received a nice coffee table, I'd be like, oh, rad. I don't Yay. know if I, was, if I was 17, I would be like, I don't drink coffee. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so he talks about how it's going to take time for him to really be able to control himself because it started with big, powerful earthquakes, and then apparently his, he was able to control himself a little better so that he only destroyed the entire alcove um yeah but you had noted that it's gonna take him time to figure out how to control the things that grace makes him feel but what is it what is it he feels (laughs) because that would be concerning to me i I would want to know exactly what emotion it was so that i could avoid making him feel that way (laughs) Well, no, it's like, you imagine you, you walk into, well, you walk into your basement and you see that your husband has punched a hole in the wall and you go, why did you punch a hole in the wall? And he says, because you make me feel all kinds of things. <laughs> Which You'd things? You'd be like, what things? What did I do? Why did something <laughs> I made you feel equal violence? Yeah. Like I would be it- concerned no matter what the emotion that he was feeling I wouldn't want violence to be the thing that he used to express it. Like <laughs> I understand like sports, so get getting the um something out because men are quite what's the word? visceral with the way that they can they can express their feelings, so they go get a punching bag or something. Now I wouldn't see that as violence. I would use that as exerting himself to get out that energy. But punching yeah. and destroying, like actually rendering something to rubble is what she said. She She's like, it was a just a pile of rubble. I would be just a bit concerned as to what I had done or what I had said to make him feel so strongly that he had to destroy something. Oh, I'm so horny. And then just everything <laughs> in the room explodes. <laughs> she's just like rammed a glory hole into the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Which which brings me to my next funny line that made me laugh. She's telling a joke, something about what did the dinosaur say when, and then he cuts me off with a kiss and a yank. Ew. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> I don't want a yank. Nobody wants you a wanna, yank. Do you want a yank, Amber? Do you want do you want your husband to give you a good yank? <laughs> no, he took me to see some yanks last week, but. <laughs> Worth a the Americans are the only Yanks around here. Yeah. Do you know what do you know uh, what we call um Yanks in, in London? The the cockney rhyming slang is <laughs> septics. Ew, like a septic. Septic system? tank. Ew. Yank. <laughs> I don't And I'm like, that I, doesn't make anyone feel any any pleasure towards Americans. That, that makes me have to poop. Ew. <laughs> Ew. Which, you know, that's Grace really knows. <laughs> Which how to leads kill me on to my next. <laughs> <laughs> he cuts me off with a kiss and a yank. 
And yeah. then Grace Because Grace she's being frustrating. She's just she's killing the mood with well, stupid jokes. And then it shifts immediately after that to freaking Jackson just being like, I killed my brother. Which at that Bastard. point, like cl- close the book. I'm done. You know, I've <laughs> I'm team brother. I'm team dead brother at this point. Always. Um, I'm always team brother. No matter no matter the the franchise, <laughs> the story, I'm always right. team brother. <laughs> Why is it always brother? It's always brother. <laughs> because like there's a reason that you've got to wait in anticipation to be introduced to the brother <laughs> of the, the original mainland. Yeah. <laughs> oh. And that's why I chose a man that does not have a brother. And then he found out that he had a brother a few years later. <laughs> and I'm like, oh no. Oh no. <laughs> and then and then my uh, my husband said that his name is Russell. And I was like, no, nah, I'm all right. Yeah, that's. that's I don't not want a Russell. Name. Ew. <laughs> oh, that's not a name you can do whisper. anything with. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to all of our Russells out there. Um, so when uh, when Jackson, you know, he he talks about Hudson, and then how Grace much is pow- like, more powerful he is than Hudson. Um, He's like, oh, I'm so powerful, I'm so, so powerful. And then he says, uh, "Do you know what it feels like to be able to do this?" And then everything floats. And then he says, "Or this," and then everything explodes. And honestly, that sounds a lot to me like Edward Cullen's, as if you could outrun me. As if you could fight me off, throwing a log, throwing the tree. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it, yeah, it g- gave me same vibes, and that's this is the, the skin number- of a killer bella. <laughs> this is, this is the oh, and then Jackson holding out his cell phone, taking a selfie because he can't have mirrors. <laughs> this is the reflection of a killer, Grace. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I read that to my husband. The um the not having mirrors so having to take a selfie to see his reflection and my husband was just like i can't even deal (laughs) right now it was the way he introduced it as well it wasn't like well i have to take photos of myself he's like selfie anyone and i'm like ew (laughs) (laughs) like he didn't even take a like as as far as i had understood from reading it it wasn't like he took pictures of them two together like uh, i want a selfie of us together like oh should we get a selfie should we get a picture of us or anything like that it, he genuinely took a picture of himself to see what he looked like and she was <laughs> stood in the room watching him <laughs> have you ever been in a room where somebody suggests taking a <laughs> selfie of just themselves have you ever have you ever been in a room with someone who is trying to take a selfie of themselves and you're just watching them <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they're repeatedly taking pictures of themselves looking like they're having a great time yeah, and then and you like just stood there like oh okay yeah <laughs> uh, I'd like to think that he never clears his camera <laughs> it's just a bunch of selfies of him like looking for like a zit on his face or fixing yeah. his hair and the or thing checking is, his teeth you know that he gets adventurous once or twice a time, like because he's going to get bored of taking a selfie every time he needs to know what he looks like, right? So he's go- he's going to get adventurous with the poses. <laughs> we need we need a Jackson cell phone calendar shoot. <laughs> yes, just all of his like pictures of him like posing, the occasional around- duck face. 
<laughs> oh my god like kawaii Lulu, we need uh we need lulu lucky to uh yes. commission us a picture of jackson taking a selfie doing a duck face and like the little... like the um the asian like two fingers and happy face like <laughs> the <ew-woo>. yep yeah <laughs> Ew-woo jackson oh god i love it um one with a filter <laughs> Yeah, the, do- <laughs> the stereotypical Snapchat dog filter. Oh no, no, I was thinking a Halloween vampire. <laughs> but the teeth are like you know when you you move slightly and the teeth don't quite fully, <laughs> so they're just think- on the side. <laughs> I think it'd even better if uh, Grace like held the camera out and he didn't realize it was gonna be the filter. He's like, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this this podcast has devolved. <laughs> Uh, well i don't know what your next note means all i have is because you're mine but you didn't give me any it's such a trope it's such a trope and i know that like i have that guilty pleasure about it but i never want it to be in like a possessive way It, it and it's never the woman first it's always the like male protective dominance yeah like you're mine and it's on like, a tree. Oh, I want that, but I also don't want that. <laughs> like that sounds nice. It's like when you read it, it sounds really nice. When you see it in a movie, it's pretty nice. But you know, it's it's like I think that the best way to experience too much of that, if you've never actually felt it, is to read something like Fifty Shades, where like yeah, it starts out really sexy, but then like you start reading it and you're like, okay, calm the hell down, Christian. Yeah. God. A touch Chill. of dark, a touch of darkness, um, was very much like that. Like it actually made me uncomfortable. But I, I thought that Fifty Shades was at least educational in sexual terms. But this was not. This, <laughs> this was educational in Greek gods and mythology. Um, and it still gave me those like, he's a bit of a stalker and has issues. And I don't know what to do with it. And he just kept repeating, because you're mine. And it's like, okay, I like the idea that you feel like I belong to you and you belong to me together. But it's always the man going, you're mine first and never actually assuming that... He he never goes, I belong to you. That would be more romantic. It's that I am yours. That's why I like Hudson so much. Because he's never just like a... Your mind, you belong to me and only me. Exactly, you cannot do anything of your own free will because you belong to me. And Jackson is like that. He's he's Mm. like, oh, you need to stay back. You need to be safe. I need to protect you. Yeah. So yeah, and it's it's, it's almost like a you are not a whole person on your own. You need to have uh, another half of you to be complete, and you are mine so that you are a whole person. Yeah. Yeah. And and. It's not like you weren't a whole person before you found that person. I mean, you might be happier, but you weren't half of a person. You, you no. it, I mean, don't let like- <laughs> me and my husband say that we are like two halves of a whole, that we are, um, we know that we are better together. We are more um, succinct together. He says, I, I like you are like an, another limb of me. And that's really nice to know that, like, he's like, I think of you all the time. Like, whenever I'm out, I get you things because I I know I want to see you happy. But he also says, it's not like I don't function without you, though. 
Yeah, if you if you were in a like fiery car crash or something, he would not just poof and, and puff into a yeah, puff into a puff of sparkles and smoke and disappear. But he, he would, would miss me as if he had lost an arm. Yeah, exactly. It would be like, oh, a limb has been cut off. This really sucks. But, you know, in time. And hopefully you guys feel that way too. Like, don't ever allow somebody to be such a big part of your life that if, you know, something happened to them, you wouldn't be able to go on without them. Because that's that's no not autonomy healthy either. There. Yeah, yeah. And and there is so much more to your life. If anything, you know, if you find yourself in that position, dedicate yourself to something that will complete you that could help others. You know, find a if find a way to channel that. Find a charity to to work with until you are able to feel more complete. Find something that at least if my my thought is if I am hurting that badly to the point where I cannot function, I will keep myself busy and at least I can use that time to help somebody else. Which is ultimately why when when my grandma passed away last year, I started writing my book. I was like, well, I am so depressed that I cannot function and I cannot work. So at least I can write. Are you there? Yeah. I was just like, oh, okay. letting you go. You were, you were being emotional and turmoil. I was being and emotional. Awesome. And I just wanted to let you, you, you fledged, fledged the nest, whatever it is. Go. Be free. <laughs> Do you want some water? <laughs> <laughs> That's uh. That's mine and Amber's joke when when someone is crying and you don't know how to help them and you're in that awkward position. It's just, you want some water? That's how I felt reading <laughs> Jackson so upset. Oh, I killed my brother and I'm happy about it. Do you want some water, Jackson? Yeah. great. And meanwhile, Grace is like, I've never connected with anybody on an emotional level so much as this. And I'm like, shut up. <laughs> He's just being an emo. Aww. Little emo Jackson. Um, so, this, so talking about your mind, oh. he then broaches off into a topic of like, okay, so we need to discuss how we're going to keep you safe. <laughs> because apparently Flint is trying to kill her. She's like, no, Flint didn't. Flint would never. And that that whole thing, it, it's really confusing to me. I, I'm still, of all the things in Crave that I actually wish just weren't in the in there, the whole throwing Flint under Grace to that whole thing, Jackson throwing Flint. I, I just, I can't picture it. It doesn't make sense to me. It's really the only part of the book that I wish just wouldn't have been included or would have been done differently because I struggle to picture it. I mean, I can picture it, but it just doesn't feel realistic to me in in my brain i i struggle to to figure it out i have questions i would need to see it you know like physics question yeah falling like, from a tree into snow wouldn't hurt that much so all he had needed to do was blimp some more snow under her yeah, and and what was it? Because Flint, like he grabbed Grace. I I can't. What I can't figure out is, did Jackson toss Flint into Grace, and then Flint grabbed Grace, or did Jackson throw Flint, and they just happened to like 
cross over each other right at the intersection of like an X and make impact at that exact point. I don't know, but because whatever he did, whatever Jackson did to get Flint to catch Grace or break her fall or whatever, I know that I would rather land in snow than on another human being. Uh, We know that Flint is not a human being, but he still is a human being in that form. He's still going to be a solid object. Muscular too. Landing in snow is much more agreeable to the idea (laughs) of falling. Um, And also, it wasn't just those two that were involved. Everyone was watching. So Jackson would have had to have made it very convincing of like a performance for not just the rest of the school, but Macy, Grace's best friend and cousin, watching it from the tree. Like, and she knew, she knew Grace was falling. It wasn't like she just saw the aftermath. She saw Grace falling and she just saw this weird combining of bodies on the way down to the floor and didn't think anything of it. Like, it wasn't that they got her to her room and Macy went, okay, so that was a bit weird. Yeah, and, and you know, someone being thrown versus someone diving to save somebody, I'm sure that looks very different. If someone is thrown, I'm sure they're going to be in a have, completely have, different angle. And they're going to have momentum as well because there's force behind the push. Grace just fell, like she the branch broke and she fell. There wasn't any force behind her drop. Flint's going horizontally, like, uh, like he and is then- aerodynamic. He's a dragon. <laughs> he wasn't a dragon when he... He when should he was, have been. I mean, that that to me would have been a more... Like, Jackson pisses him off somehow. Flint turns into a dragon. I feel like that would have been like a more... I don't know. It would have been a softer w- landing as well. Yeah, you could... Like, I'm sure that a dragon wing stretched taut would be more like a little trampoline. I just... I don't understand the scene. And I know that we're picking apart Trace's writing and we're not we're not meant to. <laughs> but I think that we need to see it to like understand what now, is happening. Tracy evolves as an author so much throughout the series. Crave, it feels very much like uh, she didn't have everything figured out yet. And then that's why I love Crush and Covet so much is you can feel her evolve. And anytime I talk to someone who's started to read the series and they're like, eh, this was, I didn't really like the first, this first book. It was really like, I uh, I hear the word amateur tossed out a lot. And I'm like, keep reading, please keep reading. I didn't like the first book that much either. I'm so glad that I kept reading because the series got so good and her writing evolves and the characters evolve and everybody becomes a lot less, I don't know. I feel like Grace is very whiny Infantile. in the first book. Yeah, yeah. She's she's very, um, oh, do I feel this way or this way? I don't know how I feel. And then once, you know, in the second book, she really starts developing a lot of her own character and becomes a really strong character as well. Um, the thing is, she she doesn't really have anyone adult to go to. I know she has Macy, and Macy uh, is a lovely person. She's great to go to for that like moral support, but she is a peer. She has exactly the same emotional issues as any other teenager, but Grace doesn't have that mum 
figure that she can go to and say like, mom, I'm feeling these feelings and I don't really know what to do with them. I really like this boy. Um, I, I feel like Grace is probably only going through those emotions and going through them so severely because she is kind of on her own. And yeah. she can chat to Macy all she wants, but Macy's only ever going to react like a teenager would and be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you didn't tell me this. Like, she's going to be that best friend with her feet, like, flipping in the back of the chair and twiggling the wire on the burger phone. Like, she's, <laughs> she's going to be the best friend and she's not going to be able to give her solid adult advice. And it's not like she could go to Uncle Finn or any of her teachers because that's weird. Um, so, I, yeah, I feel like at this point, Grace really does need the therapist, not just for the fact that she's got her own emotional issues, but also she's going through quite a normal period of time. I know it's with a supernatural creature, but every girl and every boy and every gender in between will go through a period of liking someone and not really knowing what to do with those emotions and talking through them helps, but she has no one to talk to. Yeah. And, and the next note that you put down, I feel like that is, I mean, especially with Grace going through so many emotions this is where this is where the toxicity I think like first kind of seeps in. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, Jackson's been overbearing, but this moment in particular not only really makes me mad at Jackson, it also is going to distance Grace's only adult family member and give him that perception of, "Oh, my my niece is kind of an idiot. I need to keep a closer eye on her." Yeah. And that was um when when Grace is in Jackson's room, Foster's knocking on the door, and Jackson goes to the door and says, uh, sorry, but Grace did have to get her clothes back on. Yeah, like, what a prick. Like, why? What was... The, what, yeah, did, there was no reason for it. That That's something that would have been funnier if it was Flint knocking on the door. Yeah. Uh, like, if it <sighs> anyone, anyone else, else. I would have laughed. <laughs> Even yeah. Macy, I would have laughed, but it's her uncle. Yeah, uh, it's, her, it's her uncle. And also, it was their first, like, proper meeting with F uh, Uncle Finn after they have had a relationship-based experience. So, like, she was going to be embarrassed whether he was like, oh, sorry, we were just having a makeout session. That would also just be as embarrassing. But he went, like, one step further and almost pretended that something more had happened. And that is not something that anybody should have done. It should have been downplayed, if anything. It's like, oh, sorry, we were just having a study session or something. Um, yeah, it, the, that just made me uncomfortable for all parties. Yeah, yeah. Like that, Uncle that Finn doesn't been, wanna know. No, that would have been that would have been end game for me. I mean, have you ever had like that guy in like high school who told the whole school that you did more than what you actually did, and then you're just like, uh, that didn't happen. Yeah, and you're like, why do you feel the need to pretend when I would have easily done that with you anyway? <laughs> 
You just ruined your chances. Yeah, like, don't pretend because it could have actually happened. But now that you have said that that would happen, um, I'm going to give it a pass because I now know exactly what kind of person you would be if I had done that with you. Yeah, yeah. Doing it for the, the like, bragging rights. Yeah, and I, and I was like, okay, so I, I was trying to go through his motives for doing it. Because I was like, I know that Jackson probably doesn't do anything for no reason. He he definitely has ulterior motives. Like, he he didn't just do it because he thought, oh, maybe this will be funny. Um, whereas, like, if Hudson or Flint had done it, it would have been, like, a, a wisecrack. It, it would have been, like, this is a joke. Everybody knows that it's a joke because I am a funny person. I'm a sarcastic person. Jackson is not a funny person. So No, he never jokes with anybody. No. So... He would know that whoever he's doing it with, even if it was an attempt at humour, probably wouldn't have got that it was supposed to be a joke. And secondly, I was like, is he trying to get this joke to work on Grace's uncle or his headmaster? Because neither of those are a good role for this joke to work on. I read it like he's trying to... uh, He's he's about to get in trouble for the for the thing that happened in the student lounge where he basically drank another student um, and he was going to say something to kind of distract from that other terrible thing that he did by trying to insert something that would trigger an, an emotional response from, uh, from Finn. Oh, like, so, oh, a distraction. Which, like, oh, oh, if I talk about this worst thing that I did, um, right. we'll, um, we will ignore what I actually did when if in fact it probably make the the punishment more severe yeah well I don't know do like how to... like how how old are they in this book I know I know uh, that Jackson's a complicated timeline 17 because Grace is, turns 18 in Covet and is that age of consent I don't know much about age of consent in different countries um if the if both parties are in in the US and I I know that this is true for where I live I'm not saying that all states are the are the same but I believe that it is 16 as long as the other individual is also 16 and then once they are past 18 it is they may only uh be with someone who is 18 and up cuz I'm I'm just uh, I'm thinking it's it's not just oh I have clearly had your niece naked and in your school, but also I'm wondering whether there was like fraternizing rules and stuff because it's a school and they, it's a boarding school. They've got to have those rules in place. Like even, even if we're just speculating, they've got to have some kind of rules there because otherwise they would have had little baby vampires and STDs everywhere. I always, I already thought that it was weird that Grace just goes to his room and just I'm pretty sure. Does she spend the night there at all? Mm, I I think she does in the next scene because they have um, the dancing in the Northern Lights scene yeah. is next, and I think that that was just because it was very late and something happened, which we will get into next episode. But. <laughs> um, I don't think it was ever deliberate. I don't think it was an ever like a, I'm going to stay past my curfew or I'm going to stay in this boy's bed. I don't think it was ever her intention. 
Yeah. I wonder I wonder if it's kind of like Jackson being like, oh, well, I'm the prince, so you can't do anything mm. about it even if you wanted to. Which is just, ugh, what creep. Yeah. Um, do you want to move on to spoilers? Because I have a cute few things that I definitely want to talk about. Yes. All right. I, I, okay. We just um, want to stay in silence for a bit so you know where the wolf is. Now I'll find it. Um, <laughs> it's fine. Um, so I do think I, I just, I, I almost slipped this during non-spoiler uh, section. But I think that Grace spends a couple nights with Hudson in his room, by which time she is almost 18 and 18 because she has the birthday party in his room. So, yeah, I'm starting to feel like maybe maybe they don't have rules. Maybe it's, uh, oh, I guess do what you want, but don't get caught. Like. Yeah, know. and I mean, I suppose that they can't really be that picky because firstly, they, they all live there and they all kind of have been together since they were very, very young. Oh, the way that Macy told it was that there aren't very many romantic relationships about because they've been together for so long. But if they yeah. did, they're probably very mature about it because they either have been alive for 300 odd years or have known each other for over a decade. Yeah, I mean, and the, tempta- ar- the temptation was the fact, like when you're when you're a teenager, you want it more because you can't have it, and you have to actually travel to go get it. If they're in down the corridor, and you're allowed it, you're just like meh. I could argue though that when you finally like when there's someone that you've known for a very long time, and you finally realize that there's chemistry between you, that there might be that like more of an impulse to be close to them because you're already comfortable with them because you've known them for so long so that being around them is more natural. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I think that I think we're looking way too far into the rules at Catmere go, Academy. Going in too deep. Maybe it was we're in the deep. maybe it was in the guide to Catmere we just skipped it because <laughs> we were reading too fast. Yeah, we read it. We read it in a day. I need to go back and look at it. And you need to read the bonus chapters as well for um, the other courts. Okay, mom. Okay, mom. <laughs> um, so you're all of the spoilers. You put them all in. I didn't really have a whole lot to add because you pretty much hit on everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're all about Hudson. Um, <laughs> of course you they are. Explain yourself. Explain yourself, young lady. Explain um, yourself. So one of the points was that even after never meeting Hudson, knowing that Jackson would never kill someone who didn't deserve it, and also never even having a sibling uh, to know what that dynamic is like, she knew that Hudson wouldn't want Jackson to beat himself up over what happened. Um, it's like she already knows that, th- that Hudson could be an okay person. Um even though she's been told what he's done, she's still like, yeah, but he wouldn't want his little brother to be beating himself up, which was kind of nice. It's it's nice on a reread. First time read, I'm like, Grace, you're stupid. <laughs> you don't know nothing. Shut up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like rereading as well. I was like, wait, is, is Huddles going to be king vamp? Like, was that ever brought up that he was going to be king if Cyrus died? I think that that is that's that's my big fan theory for uh 
for court. It has been for a while, but I, I do think that it's going to come down to um, Hudson ruling the vampire court, Grace ruling the gargoyle court, and them uniting those two rivaling courts. Mm-hmm. Because I I don't think that any of the other kings and princes of any of the other courts are even close to a different monarchy. <laughs> um, yeah, and there's no interspecies like, yeah. there. Yeah, and I kind of forgot that Cyrus was king. I just thought of him as like all evil, powerful lord, kind of lord vampire. And um, yeah, I I when I read read through it, I was like, wait. I know that they're princes and they refer to themselves as princes of princes of darkness and all of that, but I never realized that Hudders was going to be king. That's exciting. That's Hell way yeah. more mature than a prince. That, that sounds better. King yeah. Hudders. Um, and then the other thing was, was like, was Jackson's, um, no one is as powerful as me. And I was like, lol, psych. <laughs> oh, that's Hudson and Covet. Mm. Oof. Give Oof. it to me. <laughs> the biggest of oofs. Yeah. yeah. Hudson is way, way more powerful than Jackson. And I I am very confused as to why Jackson never saw that. But like even when it was just his controlling powers that Jackson knew about, that would still be ten times more powerful than being able to make things float and move. Um, but then we also got like the disintegration power as well, which is just for some reason I simp simp hard for that. Mm. Yeah, and Jackson says that every that every generation of vampires is a little stronger than the last. Mm -hmm. But he and Hudson have the same parents. They would they would be the same generation. It doesn't matter that Hudson was a little bit older. If they're of the same parents, yeah. they would be the same generation. They they are. <laughs> The can next generation imagine? after their parents. Oh my god, huh? can you imagine what Grace's and Hudson's children will be like? Garvamps. Vamgoyles. 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 They'll be and, little bats. They'll be uh, <laughs> And if Jackson marries Flint, like we're really, 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 really hoping for, there will be no biological children. Vampires. <laughs> Which means that we don't know. We don't know because, like, uh, I, we haven't seen any interspecies relationships going on, have we? They've all yep. been like, we need to do this and keep the bloodline pure. Yeah, it's just it's just Grace. Grace is the Grace is you ruined it all. Grace anomaly. Everybody wants have with wants the gargoyle apparently. <laughs> Yeah. Um let's see. <laughs> I love I love the note they're shitting on my book husband and I'm not happy. No, they were being so mean about him. Like really mean. It's like have you ever been in a situation where you're hearing someone talk badly about someone that you really care about and that you know that they are not the the person that these people are describing um and you would stand up for them like you would immediately stand up for them but this is a book you can't <laughs> you can't argue back yeah well 
with with your uh, note where you said, did any of this actually happen and Hudson was a scapegoat or were we just so in love with Hudson that we forgot that it happened? Um, I think that I, I just vaguely remember and I'm glad that I don't because I'm excited to reread mm-hmm. it. But I believe that Hudson was going along with what his parents wanted him to do, but he was more trying to... Oh, sabotage it from beneath. Sabotage from beneath. He knew that if he was in in control of everything, that nothing really bad would happen. Um, He was taking the blame upon himself. He let Jackson kill him. Um, He was really kind of sacrificing himself for the greater good here making himself out to be the bad person and i think that that's why he's so so distraught when uh he and grace come out of her gargoyle because he finally it's like all that happened everyone hated him and then he built this wonderful bond with grace while she was uh in stone which thankfully we'll get that in charm but then when she wakes back up He's back to square one. She hates him. She has no yeah. idea who who he is. And then he's just lost everything. After finally having something, everyone's back to hating him again. And he has to make the choice to either start over trying to convince everyone or just give up and be an asshole. And I think for a while, giving up and being an asshole was probably what I would have done. Yeah. And if anything, it kind of made me love him more. Like yeah. if he if he was the the kind of person that tried to like because we know that we he did from the Guide to Catmere's bonus chapters, we we did read that he was trying. He was trying, he was buying cinnamon rolls and he was picking up wildflowers Aww. and things for Grace. And I was like, Yeah. But if he was one hundred percent that person, I would be like, What a creep, what a stalker, stay away from me you're not a real person. Uh, like it would be like, um, you know, like those, those creepy admirers that come out of the woodwork where you find that they've been keeping a diary and they've got a room with just pictures of you. And you're like, Oh, yeah. um, it would, it would be like that rather than Hudson being his little sarky self. You feel like, Oh yeah, he's got emotions that are outside of our relationship that he is his own person, that he can be sarcastic and I can still love him even at his worst. And his worst is not that bad. But then that could just be me liking mean mean guys. <laughs> well, I mean It was it was his humor. Like, like let's be honest, it, it was his humor. It was it was the way that he joked around and that he wasn't serious and that he was okay with having a bit of a fun, bit of a laugh. He he wasn't too concerned about not taking the piss out of himself or out of other people either. Um, that was the reason why we fell in love with him. It wasn't because he was just doing endless amounts of like random acts of love where you're just like, yeah. ugh, can't, stop, stop it. It's, it's that the humor paired with... Oh, okay. So here's the moment when I like turned Team Hudson. It was the moment he said hello, wasn't it? It was the moment he said hello. Let's be honest. Yes. Well, the (laughs) the the what what took you so long? No, Um, it it was the combination of of the humor, but then the moments when Grace was like being really crappy with him. 
he would have just a couple little seconds where he would break and actually like be in pain by it. And if he didn't care about Grace, he would have no reason to be upset when she said things about him. Um, my and not favorite even that line, is the, the the way that he reacted was also that he could be truthful about what kind of person he was as well. Because yeah. somebody, somebody who is that bad wouldn't be hurt and upset in a quiet way about being that kind of person. Yeah, yeah. And and my my favorite line of crush, and it's there's no reason, like no, it's no I doubt it's anybody else's favorite line. But he and Grace are bickering in her uh in her room and he says, You're gonna push me too far one of these days. You know that, right? And I don't know why, but that's my favorite line of the entire <laughs> book. He like hits that breaking point where he is like, you are going to push me too far. And that, yes, it, that's, would that made that's, you, would you, that have made you push him too far? You'd be like, okay, there's a challenge now. <laughs> push the buttons, push the buttons, push the buttons. Yeah. But, but that shows that like he was hurting. He punched a wall. Um, and actually broke through like whatever plane of existence he was in when he was in Grace's head. He punched a wall and created an actual hole in the wall. Um, there, there have been, there were multiple moments where he just broke down emotionally and was genuinely upset. And somebody who actually had committed such atrocious crimes and owned up to it. I don't think they would have acted like that. And that's that was like when I started being like, you know, okay, maybe Hudson isn't the bad guy. Maybe we were misled. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was really good writing on Tracy's yeah. part because I've, I've never fallen, uh, maybe other than Resand, uh, which you call Rysand, which really frustrates me. Um, <laughs> but Resand, um, I I fell for him the, the moment that he met Feyre at that, was it the the midsummer ball or the whatever it was at Tamlin's the weird, court? The weird um, orgy in the cave thing. Yeah, that the moment that he came out, just the the writing style just was like, this is the man. This is the man that all of the books are going to be about. Doesn't matter that she's currently in love with Tamlin. This is the man, and that is exactly how I felt about Hudson. And I I I've never reacted so much like. Because I would want Hudson as a husband, not Reese. I yeah, like Reese yeah. and all, and and Reese is a great guy, but he's not for me. Hudson, I would I would punch through is, a dungeon to get to him. Is it because he's British? <laughs> no, because um, I this is this is this is going to be really funny because I didn't realize that he was British until you mentioned. So what do you think of all the Britishisms? And I was like, wait, what? Like, I didn't register that any of them were specifically to sound British. And I think that that's because she wrote him so well that I was like, oh, he's just like my husband. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking yeah. of which, what did you guys think of <laughs> my husband's rendition of Hudson being angry? <laughs> We didn't get any comments on that at all. Yeah. So I feel like it was that awkward thing at the end where everyone's like, we're going to pretend that didn't happen. <laughs> we <laughs> Poor had the guy music had no and notice. He had no notice. And we were like, read this. And he's like, oh, okay. 
Yeah. She and and Amber just picked a random scene too. She was just like, here, and she just shoved her tablet at him, like, here, read this. <laughs> yeah. Let, let us know if you guys want more um Hudson by Scott. It sounds like a <laughs> it sounds like a perfume. Hudson by Scott. Let us know. Um Parfume pour homme. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are you ready for uh, fan polls? Yes, I am. All right. So this week, uh, Amber did our fan polls. And the first poll is, did you believe that Flint had tried to kill Grace before he admitted to it in the dungeon? So when Jackson is actually, um, you know, telling Grace everything and saying, oh, Flint tried to kill you. And Grace is just like, no. Uh, no, he didn't. No way. And uh, yeah, Amber, what what do you think the majority voted here? I'm going to say the majority said no that they they didn't they didn't believe that Flint could do that. Oh, you was wrong. <gasps> you was very wrong, man. People believed Jackson straight away. I'll be like, no, I think you're wrong. I think it's going to be someone that. We haven't even met. It's going to be that just like the weird janitor that nobody knows about. <laughs> the, it's the werewolves. It's got to be the werewolves. They're the they've been sketched from the beginning. Well, I've I've read enough fiction now, and I, and I know this this sounds really big headed. I've read enough fiction now that I I can almost tell when a red herring is thrown out. And I thought that Flint was a red herring. That it was like yeah. he 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 sounds suspicious in certain places, but he's actually just a good guy that we've just been reading wrong. And it turns out that the red herring um wasn't wasn't the person culpable for the thing. It was actually this random guy that you were like, Oh, I, oh man, I should have known it was him all along. Um it turns out it was Leah and Flint. So, yeah. To to be fair, I mean, he was he was bad for, yeah. but uh, yeah. But he still so, was a good guy afterwards. It wasn't like a oh, Flint was a dick the whole time, and that we need to actually kill him and remove him from the universe because he was a really good guy. He was just in the wrong circumstance. Yeah, that's the other thing in Crave that I, if I could do like a, a request to rewrite, I would rewrite Flint being thrown by Jackson and I would get rid of the whole, the whole scene in the dungeon with Flint trying to kill Grace. I felt like it was just, I mean, if the, if all the little attempts, the chandelier and all that, that's the fine. Flirt, the flirting attempt. Yeah, it, the, the whole and the flirting attempt, I, that, you know whatever but the whole like where he's grabbing her and throwing her against the walls and yeah really trying to murder her in the dungeon that's where i would be like uh, i would i would remove those <laughs> um okay so 63% said yes 63% said that they believed that flint actually did try to kill grace and only 37% said oh, no man. so those results might change by the end of the night but that's where they are right now and then uh do you want to read the actual fan question yeah um so i kind of stretched it in in the way of a as, as a point of view is that your uncle and guardian has just interrupted you in your partner's bedroom after a fully clothed makeout session your boyfriend or girlfriend says after opening the door sorry but they did have to get their clothes back on um what would you do and what would you say 
All right. So we don't have a lot of answers because we asked this like right before starting the episode. <laughs> but most people are pretty <laughs> – the answers are very consistent. Um, one person said, freak out. Yeah. Um, one said, I'd smack them for saying that. <laughs> uh, one said, Jackson, shut up. <laughs> uh, uh, one person said, silently pray to the floor or for the floor to open and swallow me whole. Yeah, that that sounds that sounds like me. Yeah, I I, I would say not funny to my partner and tell my guardian that I was fully clothed the whole time. <laughs> yeah, just he's joking. I was clothed, which is I mean that's pretty much what Grace says. The thing is, and at, at no point would you would you think like, oh, if I protest too much, then Uncle Finn might believe it. Yeah, and, and then and I'll no be matter- in trouble. Right, no matter what, you're going to have that doubt. Like, oh my God, he probably believes this. Like, you ever, have you ever told the truth and you still weren't believed, even when you were telling the truth, especially as like a teenager, like where your parents catch, catch you doing something and you're telling the truth and they're just like, no. And, and, then, and then you start freaking out even more. Um, no, well, I, w- I was with you for the first half, and I was going to say most of the time that I was in Ohio when I was trying to explain certain things in the UK, and you didn't believe me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I think that I've been in those those situations, and I couldn't ever name you one of the situations where nobody believed me that I had actually been. Well, I suppose there was the so I had a relationship with somebody that I really should not have when I was very young and um it was against my parents wishes um and it was illegal and i was very young and he was not very young and somehow the school knew about it and they were spreading rumors and obviously it was true that i was in a relationship with him and that i really should not have been but they jumped to the conclusions that i was also pregnant um and that spread around and i couldn't tell anybody that i wasn't because my brain was like, well, they have reasons to believe that I am. And I just need to kind of prove that I'm not through my actions, not with my words. And I, it, it didn't work. It like nothing, nothing that I did removed that stain from my record. And in the end, I moved schools for my sixth form just to kind of remove myself from that environment and put myself somewhere else. Um, and that was after I'd ended the relationship as well but that yeah there's something to like tarnish your reputation as well even if you're a goody two-shoes like i was like i was i was a proper nerd i was a prefect i was i was the nerdiest of the nerds and yet people would was so fast to believe that i would do that to myself and it was because there was an element of truth behind it I think it's easy to gravitate towards the shocking news when it comes to the person that you least expect, mm-hmm. <clears throat> especially when it is somebody in a school who, you know, where where they're very, like, proficient with their work. And you know, th- that's that's the person that you're going to be like, whoa, no way. And then – And it's going to start more conversations. Right. And then everything's going to get blown out of proportion. Whereas if it was the person that you would most expect to be pregnant by the end of the school year, like people would say that and you go, yeah, and so what? All right. Well, 
I'm I'm losing my voice. I don't know if Same. Uh, you guys <laughs> I don't know if you guys have caught it. Maybe it's because we haven't done the podcast in a while, but I'm starting to lose my voice. So I think we're gonna cut it here. Um guys, thanks so much for listening. We are going to attempt to get the rest of Crave finished up in the next two episodes or three episodes. Three episodes, because that will also include the after the dungeon episode where they build a snowman and Hudders, our Hudders, comes back to life. Yes, with his sword of glory. We never hear from that sword ever again. Where did that sword no. go? It it's stuck inside of Grace. It it got sucked I, in with Hudson. I like to think that like she has this like gargoyle house inside her when she goes to her gargoyle first. <laughs> and she's just got it above the mantelpiece. Like, <laughs> it's ornamental. This is the thing that brought us together. <laughs> she'll pass it down to her children <laughs> oh god i hope that i i just one one final remark i hope that they don't have children and only because i get so sick of reading romances where they have kids at the end i'm just like oh like like i have you a kid leave, I get leave it, it open leave it open to the fact yeah. that they might have kids in the future don't end it on she's pregnant because ugh. and also I would think that Hudson would maybe not want to bring anything into the world where Cyrus could possibly have a resurgence. I don't know. I think he's going to die. I think I think Cyrus and Delilah. Oh, I are... thought you meant Hudson and my heart just went <gasps> <gasps> No. No, I think I think Cyrus and Delilah are going to die and I yeah. think that Hudson's going to take their place. However, yeah, I I think that I get really sick of like, oh, the end game is that the the woman has a child. Like not that doesn't that's not a that doesn't need to be end game. That's maybe, like a, maybe Tracy is rewriting Breaking Dawn in the most <laughs> natural way possible, and Grace gets pregnant because she offers to be a surrogate for Flint and Jackson. <laughs> oh no, that then, would be a normal baby giving to her previous lover slash boyfriend and then who who will imprint on the baby no one no one. <laughs> no, one. <laughs> no no more imprinting no more no imprinting on babies yeah um, let's let's on, just say no babies that would be great no, no babies uh, babies are cool <laughs> but i could do without i got i have baby i had a baby in real life i don't need babies in my magic fantasy super cool world you know i i hate it in 50 shades when you're reading it and then at the end anastasia is pregnant and christian is smacking her around while she's pregnant i'm like oh <laughs> come on now <laughs> the last thing that i wanted when i was pregnant and goes, to, and goes to visit his ex-partner as well his ex-dominatrix slash abuser yeah. he goes to visit her because he can't deal with the fact that his girlfriend slash wife is pregnant were they were they wives were they yes they were were. were married yeah yeah his wife is pregnant oh dear god what we do oh it's all bad it's all bad it's all bad and i think that it's because it's so overdone that you can just think that every pregnancy is unhealthy (laughs) so let's just not do it poor poor tracy's listening to it like grace has three babies during court (laughs) (laughs) baby luca jackson jr Xavier. And, and and little Xavier Jr. <laughs> God. All right. Guys, and then thanks the so God, much. Godmother Heather. <laughs> and then Godmother Heather.
Heather, Heather, Heather the Ware Crab. <laughs> this is this is Jackson Jr. Ware Crab Foster. <laughs> this has devolved. I think that we need more coffee. Clearly, I need more coffee. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye bye. <laughs>